You're listening to Let's Stay Together, a podcast about Bruce Basket by Natsuki Takaya. I'm Ellen. And I'm Kayla. And today we're discussing chapter 69 and 70. Yay. Well, Actually, these are also really good. They're just <laughs> as good as the last ones that we read. I'm so, I'm so excited. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> so, so we're going to do our summary discussion and spoilery discussion like we always do. Chapter 69 opens with Yuki's memory of his childhood and confinement. I don't remember much about the old Rin he thinks slash narrates, and we see him in the special room, and Haru comes to visit him with Rin. They look like they're maybe in late elementary school or like early middle school by their age, mm-hmm. and Haru's ears are already pierced, which is hilarious to me. Yeah, I like three times. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I was like thinking about this, and I was like, how old are they? Well, my mom didn't let me get my ears pierced till I was 12, so it must be... And then I was like, there's no, re- there's no way to rationalize this. They're whatever age they are. <laughs> Like, (laughs) anyway, aside from New Year's, (laughs) some people pierce baby ears. Yeah, I know, but I seriously doubt that they would pierce baby Haru's ears three times. Baby boys in Japan in the in Japan in eighties or nineties or whatever old old high regarded families like that. But (laughs) yeah, no, somehow I doubt it. (laughs) Somehow I feel like he was the kind of child who snuck off and was like went to Claire's by himself and got them pierced yeah. by himself. <laughs> or like had a friend do it at camp with a needle and a lemon. <laughs> That's not a reference to um Parent Trap. Uh, parent Trap, yes. <laughs> I was like, it takes two? No wait. <laughs> aside from aside from New Year's, I only saw her the few times that she came to visit me in my room with Haru, Yuki narrates. She would always keep quiet and sit by herself in the corner. Before I could say anything, she would get up and say, I've had enough, I'm going home. Yuki always thought that uh, if that was all she was going to do, then why'd she bother to come at all? In the present, Toru finds out on a phone call with her aunt that her grandfather is bedridden. Shigeru and Yuki overhear her on the phone and look concerned. She learns from her aunt that he just threw out his back and he, all he needs to do is rest, nothing more serious than that. Toru looks somewhat relieved but still concerned. Her aunt also brings up the upcoming parent-teacher conference and Toru says, please don't trouble yourself. More importantly, I have to visit Grant. Hello? I've taken the phone, Shigure says, suddenly taking the phone from behind Toru and kind of resting his hand on her head. He talks to Toru's aunt, turning on the charm, and like we see him chuckling and smiling. <laughs> and meanwhile, Yuki comes up and talks to, and asks Toru about her grandfather. She says, ah, oh, yes, he threw out his back, and she trails off, and we see her expression darken, her eyes hollow, uh, briefly overwhelmed. Well, if you'll excuse me, Shigure says and hangs up the phone suddenly, and Yuki and Toru freak out, which snaps Toru out of whatever kind of like emotional experience that she's having that we see in that one panel. <laughs> Yuki sasses him, you can't just hang up like that, and Shigure's like, why? We were done talking. He passes on to Toru that she can visit her grandfather tomorrow, and he'll be going to her parent-teacher conference instead. Toru's like, eh? And Yuki's like, another one of your crazy schemes, huh? And Shigure's like, what? Toru says that she couldn't possibly make him go to all the trouble... And he says that he's looking forward to it with a bright smile, but then is also secretly excited to see the look of disgust on great teacher Maiko's face when he shows up. <laughs> <laughs> because in case you forgot their exes, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> Please regard me kindly, Toru says and bows, tears of gratitude welling up in her eyes. Jigure chuckles and Yuki wonders, is he really someone Honda-san should have to bow to? <laughs> Kyo arrives home at that time and asks why everyone was gathered around and they explain the situation. He asks if Toru will visit her grandfather tomorrow and she says yes. Toru smiles and she continues to discuss things with Shigure and Yuki, but Kyo doesn't hear her words. His expression suddenly darkens and he suddenly announces that he's going to bed. Eh, ah, okay, good night, Toru says and looks after him a little bit confused as he goes up the stairs. Yuki looks annoyed as well, but then Shigure brings up that he needs to speak to his parents about the parent-teacher conference as well, and he becomes lost in his own thoughts. 
in Yuki's thoughts, we see images of Kyo, his mother, moments with Akito, uh, Toru, and Kyo from the beach trip. There's still problems I'm holding off on addressing, he thinks. Things to put in order, things I ought to settle, things I should realize starting now. It's not that I don't want to, I'm just lost as to what my top priority should be. At school the next day, Momiji and Haru talk to Toru and Yuki. They talk about Toru's grandfather, and Haru's like, a man's back is his life. And Toru's like, really? And Momiji <laughs> looks concerned as well, and Yuki tells her not to take Haru too seriously. <laughs> I have an important question. Yes. <laughs> is he playing a Game Boy Advance? Oh, yeah, that's right. It does look like that. <laughs> I forgot to make a note of that. Um, yeah, he's sitting there, and he's playing a thing that looks suspiciously like a Game Boy Advance. Yeah. I even, like, Googled this the timeline. I was from... like, I think that came out around then. It's, like, a 2001 release for the game system. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I remember that I was in middle school, so it's probably, like, 2001, 2002, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so it seems like the right time. There's, like, times later where people have start to have cell phones. Actually, mm-hmm. Kakuru had a cell phone, right? So it's also kind of around the same time. <laughs> he has, yeah. like, a flip phone, I think. Yeah. So. I don't think that's been showed yet, but yeah. <laughs> Actually, he might have. I thought he Did answered he... it. Didn't yeah, I think... he... I think he, like, checked Answer something it... on it. Yeah. <laughs> While, um, well, he was, like, asleep, and then his phone rang or something in that one yeah. chapter, I think. Yeah. yeah it's just, it's, it's funny. The, it's definitely the time of uh, flip phones and Nokias and stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Game Boy Advances. Yes. <laughs> Yuki tells Toru not to take Haru too seriously, and they also talk about Kyo. Toru, looking concerned, says that he might be on the roof and that he seems down. A man's blue day, Haru asks, looking directly at Yuki, and Haru is like, and Yuki's like, Haru, don't look at me when you say that. <laughs> Momiji smiles and says it's not a reason for Toru to be down too, and cheerfully suggests that they go get some juice. And Toru smiles and they start to leave together, holding the hands of um, the stuffed bunny that Momiji was holding <laughs> together, which is really funny and cute. Behind them, Yuki and Haru have a conversation as they're walking away. Haru says that Momiji is like an air purifier. Yuki asks how things have been with Rin, and Haru says that nothing new has happened. Yuki says it might be difficult to talk to her because she's stubborn. Yeah, you're right, Haru says. But the more time passes, the more I think that what she said is what the way that she feels. Haru remembers Rin in a bed, perhaps in a hospital. Her eye and her neck are bandaged. I don't need you anymore, she says in the memory. I'm tired of you. Rin has a sharp tongue, he tells Yuki in the present. But she won't say things just to protect herself either. I guess I don't have confidence after all. I guess I'm just scared, maybe, Haru says, looking down away f- and away from Yuki. Maybe her words hurt me more than I realized. Machi, the student council treasurer, runs into Yuki and Haru in the hall at that time. Yuki greets her. I hope to see you at the next student council meeting. Okay, she says and bows and leaves. In this case, Machi Machi is always drawn kind of like her like slumped, like her shoulders are kind of slumped. Mm-hmm. This is how she looks when she walks away too, and her face is always kind of like slack, like there's very little emotion. And she's always we've always seen her drawn in this way. Um I don't know, something about the way that she acts stands out to me in this scene. But anyway, mm-hmm. because of that, it turns out that that Machi is in Haru's class. Haru asks Yuki how the student council is going, and he says, I'm not sure. I really have no idea how it's going to turn out. That's a good thing for you, Yuki, Haru says. Muji and Toru, who've been waiting in the doorway all this time during this conversation, and while Machi walked by them, call for them <laughs> to catch up. And then we transition away. After school, Yuki arrives at the Soma estate. He grimaces, but looks determined as he enters. Two maids that are purposely drawn faceless <laughs> greet him. It turns out that Yuki's mother is away and passes on. Um, he passes on a notice from the school for the maids to give to her. It took a lot of energy for me to drag myself here, he thinks, looking disheartened. But as usual, she's not even home. He asks where Akito is and the maids tell him that the head of the family is also out. His condition seems to have improved recently. 
While in the house, Yuki passes by a room, his room, where he was confined as a child. He remembers um, himself sitting inside on the floor looking out of the window and pauses. Later outside, he runs into Kagura. Yuki asks her about Rin. She's staying at your house, right? If I waited, do you think I could see her? Kagura hmms and says there are a lot of days when she doesn't even come home. Sometimes she doesn't even show up at school. She's an enigma, she says. Kagura asks why Yuki wants to see her, and he says it's nothing. I sort of want to talk to her. Then he asks if something happened with Kyo yesterday. Kagura's eyes are swollen, and Kyo has been sort of distant as well. Even to Torakun, Kagura asks with a rueful smile, and then covers her eyes and says, Oh, never mind, forget I asked. It's just that I'm fighting the pain of a lost love. But I'm fine, she says, looking away with a lighter smile now. Caring for someone isn't based on logic. You can't really rationalize emotions. Once I think I like him, it's all over. We see a scene at school. Kyo watches as Toru leaves, and there's a narration which I think is Yuki's that says, To feel that way about someone with such conviction. I'm sorry, Kagura is about to say, but then she sees Yuki looking sort of forlorn as well, and the narration continues. It makes me jealous because it seems like he knows exactly where she stands. She's not lost like I am right now. She just, with all her heart, and the narration trails off and we see Yuki walking alone later. The wind rustles and he notices something in the woods and he runs. Rin, he shouts and he catches up with her, grabbing her wrist. He asks what she's doing near the house and Rin tries to take off and he says, wait, Rin, listen to me. Rin doesn't say anything, but she stops struggling to get away. What are you doing? Yuki asks. Why are you alone? What are you trying to do? Rin, did you mean those things that you said when you broke up with Haru? Rin looks troubled by this question. Yuki continues, I heard from Haru that you two were going out. Rin, there's something I remembered recently. We return to the same memory of Yuki in the room from the beginning of the chapter. You would always say I'm going home, he says, but now that I think about it, every time you left, it seemed like it was right before someone came to check on me. We see Yuki's mother in the memory, I think, opening the door. Her face is in shadow, and she checks on Yuki. That was definitely it. Back then, Akito wouldn't have allowed anyone in my room, but Haru would come see me anyway. You were protecting him, weren't you, Rin? You kept guard so Haru wouldn't get in trouble. Back then, I never realized it, but even now, he says, you're trying to protect Haru from something, aren't you? I was wondering what you want to talk about, Rin says. I should have known it would be absurd. There's no way that you remember something from that long ago, and I honestly don't care about Haru either. Why are you always so eager to talk anyway? I thought I told you it's my business. Anyway, talking isn't going to help anything. You're just an idiot who doesn't know anything. Rin looks back at Yuki, ferocity in her eyes. Do you know why you're able to live at Gurini's house? Haru begged him to get you out of there. Yuki's shocked. He remembers Shigeru inviting him to come stay. Haru wanted to help you. Back then, Gurini stupidly said, I will if you call me sensei. And the idiot that he is, Haru kept his promise. Yuki remembers a conversation with Haru. It looks like they're carrying some boxes, like maybe moving him from one place to the other or something. He asks if Haru always called sensei, always called Shigeru sensei. And he says, yeah, because sensei's a sensei. In the present, Yuki looks down, dismayed. But the biggest idiot is you, you piece of shit. So why don't you go back to school or wherever it is idiots like you do and don't ever bother me again, Rin says. Come on now, he's not that bad, a voice calls. And Rin and Yuki are both surprised to realize that Haru has found them. It's nice to call people pieces of shit, Rin, he says. And that's the end of chapter 69. <laughs> At the beginning of chapter 70, we see Kyo out on the streets. He passes some kids and stops. And he looks over and sees Toru and follows. Back in the woods, Yuki asks what Haru is doing. He says he came to visit Sensei's house. Rin looks down, away from him. He gives Yuki his backpack back, which it turns out that he dropped when he chased after Rin before. Haru reaches out to Rin. You stay the hell away from me. Don't you dare touch me, she says. And Haru drops his hand. You really don't need me, he asks. Rin says nothing. I see, in that case, it doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter if I die. 
A page reveals Rin's look of frightened realization. Haru looks back with smoldering defiance. I'm pretty proud of myself for writing that sentence. I <laughs> just want to throw it out there. <laughs> he closes the distance between them, holds her, and kisses her. They continue to embrace after the kiss, Rin's head against Haru's shoulder. Of course I'm lying about dying, he says. Rin, did I not understand something? He remembers them together in the past. In the memory, they look into each other's eyes and he caresses her cheek. I thought I understood everything about you, but maybe I got so complacent that I failed to hear you call out to me when you needed me most. Rin, he says, remembering another time from the past. Rin is in a school uniform, lying on the ground. Are you still like on that day, unable to stand on your own? Rin's eyes widen, she slaps Haru, and then runs off. But, Haru says, remembering the same time. She was crying so much. He looks at his empty hand and then clenches into a fist. Yuki asks if Haru is sure that he doesn't want to chase after her, and Haru says that when Rin runs off in determined mode, there's no way he can catch up to her. She's the horse after all. <laughs> I don't know how you can be so carefree, Yuki says, and Haru is like, that's where you're wrong. I'm really starting to come to my senses. Haru apologizes for exposing Yuki to Rin's poison tongue, quote-unquote, and tells him not to worry about it too much. You have your own things you need to be strong about, right, Yuki? And Haru says again that joining the student council was good for him. Yuki looks annoyed. Really, he asks, you think so? Is that what's best? Making yourself top priority? He remembers Rin telling him what Haru did for him earlier, and thinks, aren't there things that should come even before that? It's not like I can stand on my own right now. He thinks of Toru and Haru, the two people who support him. I can't give anything back, but should I choose myself? Why are you so lost, Haru asks. Yuki, you're weak, he says, which of course is taken harshly by Yuki. But, Haru adds, you're also kind. Yuki's eyes widen and he thinks of Iyame. Don't stay lost. Find the place where you truly want to be, Haru says. Yuki says that Haru is too nice to him, and Haru suggests that perhaps they were sisters in a past life, which cracks Yuki up in his Yuki way, and Haru smiles. It's because you're like that, Yuki, that I know that there's someone out there who will understand you, and someday you'll find each other, Haru says. He remembers how they met as children, Yuki in that room and Haru outside the window. Until then, keep doing your best, Haru says. Yuki covers his hand... Yuki covers his eyes with his hand, and tears roll down his cheeks. Yuki narrates as we transition away, and we also see Rin sitting in the woods, hunched over as if she's tired, prominent scar visible on her shoulder blade. And then we see Toru arriving at her grandfather's house. I can't stand up on my own. I can't go any farther, not all by myself. At Toru's grandfather's house, she visits him. He stays lying down in a kind of traditional room, incense burns in the background, and a cat comes and snuggles his face, which is cute. <laughs> Toru's grandfather asks about the parent-teacher conference, and she says that it's all worked out. Toru asks how he's doing, and he says he's fine other than the back, but all he does is sleep. For the first time in a long time, he says, I dreamt of Katsuya and Kyoko-san, Toru's parents. The cat leaves the room as he explains that he didn't have a good relationship with Katsuya. It was like Kyoko-san became the bridge between us, he says, and he remembers them. I don't think we've seen uh, Toru's father yet. Not really. I think we've seen, like bits and pieces of him like yeah i mean this is still you know you get like the cut off panels or like shadow <laughs> face kind of things but... that's right i think there was like a half panel of his face from yeah. earlier but this is the first time we've seen the two of them together so katsuya we can see is tall it's still from behind it's still not his face <laughs> yeah katsuya is tall with dark hair and kyoko of course is much shorter and she looks younger and her hair is long like this is a like a memory from maybe from her gang days or when she was much younger before she had short hair um Katsuya himself was a bit peculiar, Toru's grandpa says, so I wondered if things would work out between them, but they seem very happy. 
But now they're both gone, aren't they? And we see a memory of Toru holding a portrait. So I believe this is her mother's funeral. You can see. Um, it's like mm-hmm. there's not, you can't see what's in the portrait, but you can kind of tell from her body language and stuff that it's not a, a pleasant time. Um, I like to see them one more time, her grandfather says. Even if it's as ghosts, I want to see them. I want to go meet them. Toru clenches her fist. But she says, but then she realizes her grandfather's fallen asleep and she smiles a rueful smile. She remembers her mother in a black dress crying and her words, I want to go see him. Toru's expression drops, her eyes become blank and dark. Later, after she visits her grandfather, Toru walks home. Don't say such things, she thinks. Feel better, I'll do whatever you want. We see memories of hers, her mother crying, baby baby Toru, looking at her, and then the door closed, then Kyo. Say anything but that, don't go, come back. Mom, don't go away like mom, she thinks, and she falls to her knees on the sidewalk. What's wrong? A voice asks. It's Kyo who suddenly appears in front of her. Was he in bad shape? He asks. Toru doesn't reply, and we see tears in her eyes. Toru, hey, are you alright? Kyo asks. Toru manages to collect herself and says, I'm fine. He seemed alright. I was just remembering the past. I too would close the lid, she thinks. She looks up, blushing and relieved. You surprised me, Kyokun. I thought maybe you descended from the heavens. <laughs> what are you talking about? He says. Are you stupid? Toru smiles. Don't push yourself, he says, standing up and patting her on the head. It's natural to be anxious when a relative is bedridden. And there's an extra panel of him kind of like delicately touching her head and a closer view of her face. She blushes. Want to go home, he says, looking away. And she's like, "Eh, uh, but Kyokun came here for a reason, didn't you? He doesn't reply to that question, but the answer is clear, I think, to Toru. And to us, (laughs) that he was there for her. <laughs> you planning on sitting there the rest of your life? He asks, and he grabs her under the arm and pulls her up and picks up her bag for her. You're skinny and tiny, he says, and she is, which is funny. <laughs> what? Kyo says as they take off. Are you going to say you want a girl like Uotani? <laughs> what if she want to be six foot four anyway? Does she want to be a model or something? And Toru's like, ah, oh, that would be so cool. It would be so wonderful. <laughs> and we transition away. <laughs> Back at Shigure's house, Haru visits Shigure in his study. Rin was just here, wasn't she? He asks, and Shigure is like, what of it? And Haru's like, why do you always talk as if you're testing people? It makes people not want, not like you, you know? Shigure chuckles and is like, I know. You're also lucky to live in the ignorance of youth, he says. You always struggle frantically to keep yourself from drowning. Uh, when if you just relax, you'd find that you'd float. Yes, Haru says. But the only way that you get to that point is to keep struggling with all your might until you can't struggle anymore. <laughs> that sounds nice, Shigure says with a smile. <laughs> In that case, please keep struggling. If there's something bothering you, you should just ask her directly. She is your ex-girlfriend, after all. Haru asks if Rin swore him to secrecy, and Shigure is like, you could say that. Would you tell me if I called you honey? Haru asks, and Shigure is like, sorry, but I would really hate that. <laughs> Shigure says, you mustn't cut corners, Harukun. Please do your best. Keep struggling. That's your job as young people, isn't it? Toru and Kyo return home, and Yuki greets them, and that's the end of chapter 70. Yay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> It was touching. <laughs> <laughs> These chapters had a lot going on also. <laughs> yeah. I thought that last time was kind of a lot, but this time feels like <laughs> even more. <laughs> yeah. One's running around with all their emotions. They're struggling. <laughs> yes. That's what they do. <laughs> it's also funny running around with all their emotions, yes. <laughs> this all seems very sudden, too, because like Toru still has her bandage, you can see on her face. It's just like the mm-hmm. next day after the next chapter. Right? Cause, uh, yeah, because Yuki yeah. says to Kagura, like, did something happen with you and Kyo yesterday? yesterday so. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, 
So yeah, it came back from pretty quickly after the beach. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so beach. overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. Beach. Any mo- any opportunity we have to mention the beach. There's <laughs> <laughs> always opportunity to mention the beach. <laughs> it's always good beach time. <laughs> it's still summer. Yep, it's always summer. Some- <laughs> something something big is happening. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to kick off this discussion? Sure. So I'll turn to our notes. Everyone get ready yes. for the discussion. I mean. <laughs> so like our last uh, episode, it was kind of Toru and Kyo focused. And mm-hmm. this time it's kind of Yuki focused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with I'm some side Toru players. We've also got, yeah, we got a little bit of Toru. And, you know, a lot of Haru and Rin stuff. Yeah. <laughs> a but, significant uh, Haru and Rin thing. <laughs> yeah. But it seemed, it's like from Yugi's perspective, so. Yeah. These chapters. So. That's true. It's one of those ones where, like, we talk about, like, the framing narration on certain chapters and sections. And it doesn't quite frame it, but his narration's kind of the through line mm-hmm. of, the, uh, of the events here. The first, like, the first chapter and kind of, like, the first half of the second one. Mm-hmm. His yeah, his his yeah. memories, and even that it's like his narration is like kind of leads into the little bit of stuff with Toru. So. Yeah, which I think is a really great transition. It's one of the the nicest. Yeah, ones. it's a good transition. It kind of links several characters together there, but mm-hmm. in a kind of subtle way. Mm-hmm. I got to that point and I was like, oh, that's nice, really nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, the first note I had is Yuki's talking about like he doesn't know what his top priority should be. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's kind of a nice, like, continuation of his, like, self-awareness that he's gained, like, since the beach arc. Because, mm-hmm. like, now he knows, like, all of the issues he wants to tackle and deal with, but he just doesn't know where to start because it's so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a little, um, this, like, flash of all these different people. Like, uh, it's, like, yeah. Kyo and Toru yeah. and his mom. And even, like, mm-hmm. Ayame, I guess. Yeah. It's interesting that Kyo is one of those things he feels like he has to address. Yeah, I wasn't really expecting that. Mm -hmm. I wonder what it is. Yeah, and he also seems to show some kind of awareness and almost concern of Kyo in this chapter, too. Mm -hmm. It's like both in him, like, noticing how he, like, you know, grumps off at the beginning and then (laughs) talking with the Kagura where he says, like, he seemed depressed, too. So Yeah, and they also talk about it. Like, I think Haru is the one who brings it up when they're at school, but Yuki also talks about it, I think, at school. Mm -hmm. And he, I think he, the scene when he comes home, the scene when Kyo comes home and, like, like kind of, like, grumps off, as you said, (laughs) which is accurate. Um, He, Yuki kind of looks like, he looks kind of exasperated, and then he gets distracted by what Shigure says. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's funny how he's like, ugh, like, why are you being so rude? Like, mean to Toru, like, he has this awareness, I mean, it's obvious, but he has a... A, I think like a clear awareness of how Kyo feels about her. Um, yeah, it's kind of like why it's, are you? It seems doing like this kind of a continuation of that, like uh, of that, like why don't <laughs> you argument. take walk Toru walk Toru home sometimes? And, and he's like, that's what you do. <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. It's yeah. There's a lot of. I mean, all of this. This is like a big pile of things. I feel like I was just thinking also when I was reading this chapter and the last one that the last two that uh. It used to be very, like, episodic. One thing would happen, everything would happen kind of, like, sequentially. Mm-hmm. And now there are these, like, little pieces that are kind of being threaded, woven together. And this yeah. is one of them. One ongoing thing that's happening is, like, Yuki is aware of, you know, Kyo's, like, obvious, and Toru's, like, obvious feelings for each other that are developing. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of, like, hint, hint, 
do this thing and like be nice and Kyo is like yeah. no which is really funny mm-hmm. um, yeah like he seems to be like he's grumpy about Kyo being grumpy because yeah they're, <laughs> they're each other but he's not really he seems to be like trying to be like <laughs> somewhat encouraging of it yeah <laughs> or just like I guess like now that Yuki's more self-aware he's like you obviously feel this way like why are you yeah. actively like not what I don't know why are you so like against it Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's also part of his motivation for why he's so, uh, like concerned about. I mean, he's concerned about Rin because it's obviously hurting Haru. Mm-hmm. But I think he doesn't necessarily believe that she actually like feels the way that she said that we saw in the memory yeah. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I was talking about like his self awareness. Like I think part of it is like you know he's always felt like he has to rely on others, but I think he's like mm. kind of becoming more aware of like these struggles all those others are going through and trying to like see if he can like pay it pay it back a little bit in a way yeah well it's basically the focus of this too like that's what yeah like, what should my top priority be i have all these yeah. other things i want to do because mm-hmm. he's like there's all this shit i personally have to deal with but he also wants to he's also like more aware of everyone else around him and trying to like show some concern with that too mm-hmm. like he keeps trying to talk to haru about his feelings and Haru's like oh but you have a lot of stuff that you're focused on mm-hmm. and he gets really frustrated about that at one point in yeah. these chapters yeah and we've seen that from him before like talking to Haru where he's like why are you always so concerned about others mm-hmm. but then this one this is like even beyond like this reaction is stronger than before mm-hmm. I think yeah yeah I wasn't really expecting that in these chapters mm-hmm. I don't know why <laughs> just like oh oh Yuki you're pissed off now so weird yeah <laughs> But then he, um, the other interesting thing is, like, in that conversation, he also, he gets really upset. Like, he cries at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess maybe it's out of, like, frustration or something. Like, he he seems to feel bad that he can't, he yeah. feels like he can't help, you know, the people that he cares about yet. Yeah. I think at the, the, the crying at the end is, it almost seems, like, slightly cathartic. Like, yeah. Because it's, like, after, like, horror breaks the tension by making him laugh and then this. <sighs> mm-hmm. Like saying that, like, like Yuki's a kind person, so there'll be someone out there who will understand him. And until then, he just needs to keep doing his best. So, like, like I think mm-hmm. you know, he's obviously still frustrated by, like, as it says in the next panel, the like can't stand up um by myself yet. But mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit of a cathartic cry too. Yeah, it's also like, <laughs> what um, yeah, I mean, Haru Haru said again something that he needed to hear. <laughs> it's like, it's yeah. okay. That, it's okay. For it's good that you're trying, but, like, don't worry about it so much. Don't worry about not being mm-hmm. able to do something for other people, I guess. Yeah. His relationship with Haru is really good. It is really good. There's, like, <laughs> he he has that memory where it's, like, basically the people that he cares about, like, Toru and Haru, um, mm-hmm. in that one part. Yeah, and, like, we've always known, like, Haru's looking out for Yuki, but we get another, you know, reveal of something else he's done for Yuki, which is to get him out of that room. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of like a big underplayed reveal that Haru was the one who orchestrated this. It's not like Shigure was just Mm -hmm. like, yeah, whatever, come live with me. Like, Haru asked him to do it. Mm -hmm. And we've had Haru calling Shigure-sensei the entire series, so that's Mm -hmm. kind of a a reveal on that, too. I like how Haru just plays it off. He's like, sensei's a sensei. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it is kind of funny when you think about it. It's like, why would you... Haru's the only one who calls him that. It's not like other people, other family members call mm-hmm. him that. So yeah, it shows that like you know he obviously took that arrangement very seriously since he's keeping up the 
his end of the deal. Mm-hmm. That was obviously a silly deal that Chigure, on Chigure's end, but he's... Well, you never know with Chigure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's he's trying his best to ensure that Yuki's in a good situation. Mm-hmm. And I think despite Yuki's... um, I mean, despite Yuki feeling like he's not able to help anyone, I mean, he at least, like, he spent a, he spent a lot of kind of, like, mental energy the last couple of chapters trying to, like, figure out what's going mm-hmm. on with Rin and try to, like do some behind the scenes <laughs> working things out between her and yeah. Haru, I guess, like trying to talk to her about it. Yeah. So I mean, it's obviously um, one of those things where like you can't see the good in yourself kind of thing. Cause Yuki obviously yeah. does, you know, people do benefit from their relationship with Yuki. Like <laughs> it's not just a one-sided relationship that he has with these people. Yeah, of course. But he obviously feels that he's, it's all take and no give. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's his, uh, it's his tragic flaw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I mean, I mean, from Toru's and obviously we've seen that she feels like, you know, Yuki's one of the people who supports her and helps her mm-hmm. like a ton in her life. And we've seen, you know, from back in that first meeting between Haru and Yuki, that that was obviously a big thing for Haru. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's obviously mm-hmm. not as one sided as Yuki thinks his friendships are. Yeah, you're right. And that, I mean, the reason the reason that Haru feel Haru feels indebted to him mm-hmm. for the way that Yuki treated him as a child. So yeah, it's not like that comes from nowhere. Mm-hmm. Haru even says like, Yuki, you know, you're kind, you're weak, but you're kind. Yeah. Someone will understand that <laughs> about mm-hmm. you someday. <laughs> I guess maybe what he says is more, it's almost like, it's like he knows that Yuki needs to feel, feel validated. Like he says those things to validate him, not just yeah. say them, you know? Yeah. He means them. He knows. Yeah. I also like how like Haru is like, can always always seems to be able to make Yuki laugh. Like, mm-hmm. He's like the only one who can like consistently do that, which <laughs> is cute. And Yuki also laughs at all of Haru's like weird jokes. Like yeah, Har- Yuki, um, I can't remember. So like, there's other there's other people who don't react the same way. Like we've seen other characters that don't react the same way yeah. to his jokes. And Haru or Yuki always like gets a chuckle out of them. Mm-hmm. I think Haru appreciates that. <laughs> yeah, like we see other people just be like, "Why are you so weird?" But Yuki yeah. obviously gets that he's. <laughs> He's trying to be kind helpful. Of a joke there, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's making a joke to add levity. <laughs> yeah. To he's, like he's lightening the to mood. Relieve the tension. Yes. <laughs> but it's cute. We see a couple scenes like that where they're having a serious conversation. He makes some silly comment. Yuki laughs and Haru smiles. So it's cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He does. He's all worried about all his different problems. And the first thing that he does is he tries to go talk to his. I guess his mother or to his parents mm-hmm. about the parent teacher conference. Yeah. Which I think is at the main house. Because then mm-hmm. after the conversation he asks um he asks where Akito is. So I'm thinking his it seems like his mother lives in the main house as well. Yeah, because he asks about Akito and then he passes by his room that he used to be locked in. So mm-hmm. and it seemed like the person who came and checked on him in the room in his memory was his mother. Like her mm-hmm. face was kind of blocked out, but it kind of looks like the style that she dresses in and stuff like that. Yeah. So. Is this we've seen some of the maids before, right? Yeah, we see them like when they're we've seen them like talking to Kareno about Akito and stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't it was hard to tell if they, it was the same people because their faces are Yeah, I mean they're, they're kind not of, drawn. Yeah. I mean I think sometimes we get like generic maids and a couple times we get a specific one or two, but mm-hmm. the maids in general have <laughs> made their appearance. They have made an appearance, yeah. So it seems like there's I don't know. I struggled if they should be called maids or not, but they're, I think they're maids. They 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 mm-hmm. take they take care of things in the main house. We've seen some of them before, like you said. 
yeah. um, talking to Kurino and stuff. So here Yuki talks to them and they're like surprised to see him. And also they report back that his mother's not there and that Akito's not there. Um, mm-hmm. But I just thought it was interesting that they were drawn in such a uncanny kind of way without faces. Yeah. Well, they're always kind of like, like subtly like scolding and condescending every time we've seen them. Definitely. Yeah, that's true. It's like even here where they're like, it's not severe, but they're like, oh, if you'd let us know you were coming, she wouldn't have gone out. And they're like, oh, and like, you're not oh you won't be waiting. Her? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they're, I think they're purposely drawn to be kind of yeah scary <laughs> to describe it simply. They're, they're mm-hmm. not, they're definitely not um, welcoming, I guess. Yeah. And one can imagine they were probably like somewhat intimidating figures for Yuki when he was young and locked up in the main house. Probably. And he's back in the same place that he was at yeah. before. So. Yeah. And you can see it's not easy for him. Like the grim, determined expression he has to have before mm-hmm. he can walk in. Yeah. And the like frustration at like, oh, I worked myself up to get here and she's not even home. And <laughs> Yeah. And it's kind of like, um, there's an, a panel of him reacting to seeing the room. I don't think I described mm-hmm. it when I was talking about it before, but he also has this kind of, I don't know, it's not really like a pained expression, but he has a not a good expression when he yeah. looks at it. So. It's almost like a like a lost in memory kind of mm-hmm. thing. Like it's like he can't muster up the energy to react to it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, this place. Yes. Kind of thing. Like. Yeah, he's kind of experiencing it, <laughs> the memories. Yeah. Yeah. I like that set of panels where he sees the room because it's like Me he too. sees it like a normal room with normal lighting and then like in his memory it's all dark and mm. dim and he's over in the shadowed corner of it. So. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. There was, um, it's interesting that you pointed out because it's like a normal room and then he he imagines it, this the way that he feels about it, I guess, which is like that it was mm-hmm. all dark and like, you know, because it was kept in there, which totally makes sense, but it's kind of interesting yeah. to see the contrast. Like as if he's realizing that you know it's just a, a place or whatever is kind of yeah addressing that feeling too and then when he's leaving he runs into kagura which is another mm-hmm. interesting small conversation yeah because like kagura's right off her big emotional situation with kyo from the previous chapters yeah and i guess this is like the middle of the day because he asked her if she's skipping school or she asked her if she's already yeah. home and she said she's skipping yeah. i guess yeah i think it's like early afternoon where it's like it's like she could be home from school but yeah it's surprisingly early and so yeah yeah, she's just like no i'm skipping (laughs) yeah yeah and then he talks to her he uses the opportunity to ask her about rin because they live together as we saw before Mm -hmm. and also to kind of ask about kyo and her yeah then he like notices she's a little off and remembers Mm -hmm. kyo being off so (laughs) he's like i put two and two together yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) more grumpy than usual yeah but like uh, his reaction at the end where he's just like he says like he feels like jealous of her for like knowing kind of being very aware of her own feelings and where she stands on them and everything while he's so mm-hmm. <laughs> confused about everything. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting choice, I think, to bring Kagura back for this scene because she doesn't get a lot mm-hmm. of time in the story. So yeah. it's interesting that they kind of talk. Yeah. Because they also, I don't think they've seen each other since... Wait. Have they seen each other since the true form? Uh, the Yeah, probably not. Oh, maybe. Really. Like maybe in passing, but I don't think we've gotten any like real focus on it. Yeah, and they had that little conversation, like after the true form too, which was another interesting little. Yeah, where she's leaving. Yeah, that's what it reminded me of that. That's why. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why yeah. I asked. So it's kind of like if this is the next time, it's kind of an interesting, um, also an interesting little, I don't know, not really an arc, but it's an interesting little set of things that happen between them. Like if that's yeah. the last time they saw each other, then the next time is this, and it's like all about yeah. her 
kind of feelings about Kyo and her like behavior around mm-hmm. having to do with him and stuff like that. Yeah. They're actually both kind of similar in like from Yuki's perspective because it seems like Kagura's kind of like pretty solid on her like emotions about everything. Mm-hmm. Well, he's kind of confused about it because we know he's been he had a troubled reaction to the whole true form arc too. That's true. Yeah. And now we have, you know, him here where he's like you know, even though Kagura is, you know, upset because she's been rejected or whatever, she's, you know, she knows where she stands and what her feelings are. And so he's kind of jealous of that, too, even though being rejected isn't the best feeling in the world. But she knows where she stands and Yugi's just confused about everything right now. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. To be, he says, like, to be so, like, confident about your feelings about something or someone. I can't remember. Yeah. It's like, he says, he says, like, to feel that way about someone with such conviction and then. He says, it makes and me jealous because it seems like she knows exactly where she stands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's okay, Yuki. You have to keep struggling. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> you young people. Yeah. <laughs> he likes Sejigure, who's, like, younger than us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yuki also, he runs into Rin, mm-hmm. which is what he wanted. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think it went the way that he was expecting. <laughs> I mean, it kind of worked out. He got, <laughs> he got the answer, so... <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah, I mean, I guess <laughs> I guess the behavior was obvious. Yeah. Well, he was like, what are you doing? Which wasn't revealed, I guess. Yeah, no, yeah. like we know she was apparently talking to Shigure, but... Yeah, sorry, I just rolled my eyes, see... but you, <laughs> you didn't see it. <laughs> but we didn't see uh, this conversation like we did the last one between them. <laughs> yes. So then Rin reveals the things that we, just, we talked about before, about what Haru did for him. Mm-hmm. And she, she's basically like, you're just like such an idiot, you know, like go back to school or whatever idiots do or whatever <laughs> and stay out of my business. Like so harsh. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting because he, when he was talking to Haru about Rin earlier in the chapter, this is like, she says hurtful things without hesitation, but like basically like won't make shit up just to protect herself. Mm-hmm. And from the two times we've seen her like be really really mean for no reason it has she has been saying true things yeah like, like when she talked to like kagura about her That's feelings right. for kyo and everything like that was it was all true what she said she was just yeah. being an unnecessary bitch about it yeah basically yeah and then everything she says to yuki is true too it's, it's just true. really really mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's mean it's also it's you know it cuts right into the heart of um all the things that it's like their most Rin has a it has the gift of perception. She knows exactly what the things are that yeah. bothers them. Like it's and she uses uh, it for evil, not yes, good. <laughs> <laughs> because she wants people to stay away from her for whatever reason. Yeah. So she's like, "Stop bothering me! Like, just go back to doing whatever like idiots like you do. You know, people who have no idea what's going on around them do or whatever." Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, so she's completely right. It completely cuts to it goes directly to what's bothering Yuki, which is. Mm-hmm. great yeah. <laughs> so mean it's so mean it's great <laughs> and he looks and it, we get his like reaction from all of that which is just so disheartened which is interesting too and then Haru comes and kind of Haru the interesting thing is that Haru kind of turns that back on Rin so mm-hmm. he he uses his superpower which is empathy rather than just perceiving what's wrong yeah. with people and is like oh so you know it doesn't matter if I die then if you don't you meant what you said to me and then you see her mm-hmm. kind of like shocked expression after yeah. you're like ha he definitely got you he knows exactly what's yeah. going on <laughs> to a certain extent at least yeah. 
So we see like two shocked written expressions in these chapters and her mm-hmm. eyes are fucking enormous. <laughs> <laughs> Every close up of her face, her eyes are uh, gigantic. <laughs> when you do that like page one? flip, you're like, ah. Uh. <laughs> when Hara first shows up, she's yes. got like the shocked expression too. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, right before. Yes, yes. They're the same people, the same eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Especially compared to Haru, who's always got like the narrow eye look. Yeah, his um, smoldering look, as I described it, is also really yeah. interesting. <laughs> it was like, what? <laughs> you gonna say I'm wrong? It was really great. It's funny that like, so one thing that I, I made a note about is I want to talk about this. I want to talk about the dead-eyed expression because I was thinking <laughs> about it because because we got. This, I made a list, just like last time. I can't remember what I made a list about, but I made another list. This is the the look where people are kind of, like, overcome with negative emotion. We saw it first with, mm-hmm. like, Kisa's mom when she was trying to talk to her. We saw it in Uo's backstory when she was kind of in the depth of her gang days. We saw it with Hana after the boy fainted. And she was, like, when she was a tiny child asking her parents, like, why they didn't call the cops on her, um, which was depressing. And then also yeah. Momiji had the same kind of expression after Akito attacked him at the beach. When he's trying to apologize. Kagura had the same expression during her confession last time where she said she felt like the worst person on earth. And then Mm -hmm. Toru has this kind of expression where she starts to have this anxiety about her grandfather. It would happen in the first part of the first chapter when Mm -hmm. after she's on the phone and then they kind of snap her out of it. And then Yuki also has this expression when he's talking to Rin. So we have this like one specific type of... I was trying to figure out like what is the thing that connects all these moments together? Like what is the actual expression... Because I've just substituted mm-hmm. the word, like, dead-eyed for it multiple times. Yeah. And so I was thinking, I think, I mean, I don't know. I, I think it just is kind of like an overwhelming feeling of anxiety or, like, depression or these, like, really strong negative mm-hmm. emotions. Yeah. I was calling it, like, the look of despair. <laughs> yeah. So much so that you your face doesn't, your face is, like, slack. But Yeah. It's, like, it's like, like so, like, awful. You just kind of, like, shut down rather than mm-hmm. react. So... I think yeah. uh, TV Troves calls it the blue screen of death expression. <laughs> <Face>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is kind of like that. It's just like so overwhelmed yeah. that you just don't do anything. <laughs> but then there's other reactions of surprise and like oh, being overcome by other emotions. Like this one, <laughs> the, the Rin look. Or I mean, other people have it as well. Yuki also looks really surprised later, I think. Um, yeah. Well, he's super, he's super taken aback when Rin says that Haru was the one who asked Shigure to take Yuki in mm-hmm. um, it's not quite the same but it's still like very yeah. super like wide-eyed mm-hmm. Kyo's expression is always kind of like this when he's super surprised and angry um, like where his eyes are wider and then it's like people mm-hmm. are really narrow yeah anyway this is the repertoire the visual language repertoire of Natsuki Takaya <laughs> mm-hmm. it's just one of I don't know I just thought it was interesting this time there's a ton of different in these chapters every everybody goes through all these different emotions and they're all trying to like hide certain things like Rin's emotions are to me they're really interesting and funny when you see all these like like when she's in the hospital she's like I don't need you anymore her face is also really sort of like emotionless yeah like she's choosing things to say that aren't really how she feels and then when Haru is able to kind of catch her off guard then you see this like really strong reaction which is interesting to me yeah I think my favorite reaction in these chapters is um 
when Haru and Rin are kissing and Yuki's just like, uh. Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't even get to them kissing yet. Which is the, the most. <laughs> Can we talk about the kiss? Because yeah. <laughs> it was intense. But yeah, poor Yuki is there like third wheeling while they have this conversation yeah. after Haru yeah. arrives. But somehow like the entire page is dedicated to the kiss except for that one panel. Yeah, of so <laughs> it is really funny. It's like, <laughs> um, but yeah, and it's like a really intense kiss. We haven't, I don't think we've seen any emotion like this so far in this series. Mm-hmm. I remember a couple episodes ago, I was like, so few people touch so often that like when someone touches someone, it's like you notice it i feel like i notice it so strongly yeah it's a really an emotional and passionate moment in the story yeah. that we haven't seen so far and we mm-hmm. don't know that much about Haru and rin like this is in this chapter we got a bit of background about them like there were some little flashes of like Haru's memories about her from before mm-hmm. like when they were together and when she was like i don't know she's like passed out on the sidewalk in one scene and also her yeah. you know clearly injured which we know is a thing that happened because that at some point, at least, because uh, Shigure and Hattori were talking about it a couple chapters ago. And by a couple, yeah. I mean probably, like, 20. I forget. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we knew she was in the hospital. Yeah, because they were talking about it, and we saw, like, a hero visitor the one time. Yes, that's right. I forgot that that was the thing that um, happened, too. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, as far as, like, her and Haru, all we've really known so far is that they were secretly dating, and then she dumped him for some reason. Yes. Like... <laughs> really coldly as we saw in this flashback yeah. but yeah clearly they have an intense relationship as is demonstrated yeah. by this scene yeah because that's it's uh not a chaste kiss no it's not <laughs> not at all <laughs> <laughs> the other thing i think is really nice about the scene is he asked he asked her like did i not understand what was going on with you mm-hmm. and i we don't really ever get like an answer to that yeah, but it's kind of like he he's trying to reach out to her and be like, "Did I just like misunderstand what was going on?" Yeah, I like how he's kind of um, like because in like the earlier parts when he's talking to Yuki, he's just like he's starting to think that like she really did mean it when uh, mm-hmm. she dumped him. But then like when they have this conversation and he gets the reaction out of her with the "It doesn't matter if I die" line, he obviously realizes that something else is going on there, and so yeah, he starts trying to like figure out what's going on. Yeah. So. And then she just pushes him away. Yeah. There's something about the last thing that he says. He's like, um, are you unable to stand like on that day? And then she slaps him and leaves. So I don't mm-hmm. know if it's just like something. There's something about that. Whatever it was that he brought up. That yeah, because we see her. Yeah, we see her go like wide eyed again right yes. before. So yeah, another interesting and mysterious <laughs> interaction with Rin. <laughs> yeah. They also like the exchange right after Rin leaves and he's, you know, her is like, Oh, I won't be able to catch her. And he asks, like, why she, like, how he's always so carefree. And he's like, no, I'm starting to, like, really get serious, basically. Yeah. Because I think, like, now he knows that, like, it wasn't just that she legitimately just wanted to dump him and not be dating anymore. Something else is going on. And so. Yes. So the question Now he's, like, more determined to figure that out. Yeah. He clenches his fist. (laughs) Yeah. And it seems like, like, he wants to figure that out because something's obviously wrong with Rin. Not because, like, he's like, oh, we can get back together. Like, he's obviously more worried about. Like, he obviously miss, is missing something about yeah. what's happening with Rin here. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be motivated by anything other than his, you know, genuine, like, feelings of caring about her. It's not about him. He's not like, I want to get back yeah, together. Yeah, because, like, all the words he says, it's like, like did, I, like, did I not understand something? Did I miss you? Mm-hmm. Like, asking for help and needing me and stuff, so. Yeah, exactly. 
it's just this also the reaction that he has or like the action that he does after she runs away he has like he holds his hand out and he's like looking at it it's this lingering moment where he's like like she's gone so fast i guess that he's just like Mm -hmm. it's like this fleeting like i was so close to reaching her or something yeah sort of like regretful confused like because she was just there it's very interesting yeah and then he kind of clenches his fist like you said he seems very determined he has this like look of Mm -hmm. look of like i'm gonna figure it out after yeah which is really interesting and then he goes back to like trying to take care of yuki which is yeah (laughs) the one other thing i was going to say about rin is that there's um i don't think we've ever seen there's this at the the last scene of her you can see this like very very prominent scar on her shoulder blade which i don't think we've seen before Mm -hmm. so not sure exactly what that's about yet it hasn't been revealed if there's anything for that but yeah and you could see it a little bit in earlier panels but it's Mm -hmm. given a lot of attention there but that's in that um transition scene that we were talking about that's really nice Mm -hmm. where yuki kind of narrates and you see it kind of transitions between yuki and rin and toru yeah i like it because it kind of like that narration kind of links all these three characters the whole Mm -hmm. idea of like not being able to stand up on their own just yet or go any further with um by themselves go any (laughs) further by themselves (laughs) yes and it's it's kind of like it also makes that clear that's kind of like the theme of what's going on in these with all these different exchanges in this um in these two chapters at least yeah it like obviously links all three characters with that with that feeling Mm -hmm. of not quite helplessness but something along those lines i don't know if there's like a single adjective for that i was gonna be like needing support yeah. <laughs> yeah feeling unsupported i don't know yeah something like that yeah <laughs> but yeah it kind of thematically links them together and then it transitions into all the stuff with toru yeah i remembered this scene um from before like from reading this a long time ago where and like knew that kyo is gonna come and find her and stuff like that but i kind of forgot i didn't realize that he followed her so the whole time i'm not like, actually sure if he did it's kind of vague like when i first read it i thought he was just thinking of her leaving mm-hmm. and decided to go it seems it feels like to me like he followed her because what happens is like the first part he he's sitting in the classroom and he like watches her leave mm-hmm. maybe he did decide to go and follow her after yeah. or something but that yeah, it's but, just because there's that kind of like shiny aspect to that panel of like him think of Toru leave Toru's back in that scene where he decides to turn around. That makes mm-hmm. it seem like a like a thought yeah. or a memory. But it's like, how would he be anywhere near there unless? Yeah. Well, there's always enough time for her to be yeah. visiting with her grandpa because it seems like he like shows up as she's leaving. Maybe he thinks. About, maybe you're right. Maybe that's actually a memory mm-hmm. of her leaving instead of actually following her. Like he was yeah. walking away and then he turned. Like you see his head. There's a line that indicates that it's like turning. Yeah. Like, like he obviously like stops and decides to like go to her grandpa's house but yeah yeah i think my my inclination is to think you thought of it afterward and decided to <laughs> go back but it's not super clear on it's not clear if he directly followed her and uh, he was certainly thinking about her yeah as is indicated by the panels <laughs> yeah. it's like hey he kind of took yuki's advice <laughs> <laughs> he went and picked her up and walked her home <laughs> yes he did he literally <laughs> picked her up in this case actually yes <laughs> <laughs> The scene is great. And also, I think the reason I kind of thought that he, he followed her purposely was because she's like, well, you came here for something. And he just kind of doesn't. She almost like realizes why he's there in that yeah. moment. Or she realizes why she's, he's there in that moment. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's purposely there for her. But that doesn't mean he followed her. It just means that he's there yeah. at that time. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't remember her grandpa having the adorable kitty cat. Though. I didn't remember that either. <laughs> I don't know why. And it's so like um, prominently illustrated. Like he, the yeah. cat... You the can see it in the first there. panel too, at the beginning, like when she's on the phone with her, <laughs> yes. or whatever. There's a little, there's a little tiny 
kitty cat sitting on the on the futon with her grandpa. No. <laughs> yes, the cat is there. The cat nuzzles his face, and then the cat leaves when mm-hmm. he starts talking about all the all of the. Yeah. You know, it's a metaphor. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think the cat's going. No, shit's getting serious. I better yeah. give them some time. <laughs> cats always know when you need privacy. No, that's not no, true at all. <laughs> yeah, they know, but they won't respect it. <laughs> like if that was if it was a real cat, it would have just like sat on her grandfather's face during the rest of the yes. conversation. <laughs> but it's great, of course, because then it ties into the idea of it. Also, there's more and more correlation drawn between Tor's mother and Kyo in these chapters, mm-hmm. and so it also like it's just a little element that ties it together too. So we have the yeah. cat, which of course is similar to Kyo, but but yes, the scene with Toru. Okay, so the scene with so then we go transition into the scene with Toru at her grandfather's house. So they have this discussion, and he it's like a normal discussion. And then he starts to talk about how he had a dream about her parents and how he wants to see them again, and kind of trails off and falls asleep. Mm-hmm. And Toru, um, at first she's kind of taken aback, and then she kind of settles down. But then while she's there, she starts to have all these memories and starts to have that kind of like overwhelmed expression yeah uh memories of her mother specifically and then also thinking of kyo there's also specific memories of her as a child um Mm -hmm. it seems like it's all the same time like it's all this one time where it looks like her mom's wearing the same stuff and whatever so yeah oh that's also her and her monologue of course is drawn in the um the visual language that's kind of established for super like negative thoughts and like bad memories Mm -hmm. That we've seen yeah. in the past as well. Yeah, we've got the um, black boxes, the, like heavy, the heavy uh, texturing on the flashback panels and the right. dial, the narration in the black boxes with white lettering. Right. I think it's interesting that so then uh, the scene kind of continues because Toru leaves and then she also kind of like, um, like falls on the sidewalk while she's kind of overcome with all these different emotions and then she also says, "I I also close the lid." So it's a mm-hmm. reference back to the like, lid is back. yeah, the lid's back. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I knew that that was also knew that that was a thing, but I couldn't. I, did, I was surprised that it was back in this chapter. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so she started using kind of like it's the same metaphor that Yuki used that Yuki told yeah. her about his feelings. I had, I had closed. Uh, I need to open the lid. He had said at the beach arc and stuff like that. Yeah. So now the same metaphor is back. The lid is back. Yeah. Well, we've seen Toru has a. A fear of people like getting sick and right stuff and you know leaving her before because of her you know losing her both her parents right her dad to a sickness and you know her mom in an accident but we've seen her like in a hospital room too so it seems like her mom might not have died right away so she's seen them both like has the experience of both of them being like you know bedridden and then dying yes so, so we just are seeing this anxiety play out again yeah but in and also stronger like i don't think we've seen a couple of kind of hints at this yeah it's a really strong reaction to the specific phrasing that her grandpa says i think it's uh yeah because she has this memory of her mom and the words are almost mm-hmm. exactly the same like her mom said yeah. the same thing i want to go meet him yeah. so we don't know like but yeah obviously she has some kind of strong negative connection with those particular words so yeah it sends her like... to kind of a spiral there yeah, yeah, because it's a strong enough. She has a, it's a strong enough emotional reaction that she has to like stop and drop to her knees in the middle of the road. So, yeah, it's very intense. Mm-hmm. And Kyo kind of snaps her out of it. Kyo's also able to able to. Um, he kind of like also breaks the tension, just like Haru did. He mm-hmm. like teases her a little bit, and yeah. But she seems really relieved to see him. Also, um, yeah. 
like her reaction to him being there is also great like it's she's kind of like freaking out on the ground and then she looks up and she's already like smiling blushing Mm -hmm. he delicately touches her head which is very charming yeah (laughs) it's very sweet and there's like a whole panel that's devoted to her reaction to him touching her head yeah to me it kind of indicates that her feelings are getting stronger and stronger for him Mm -hmm. we see that he's more and more associated with like people in her family like her mother to her right yeah and i think there's definitely like you know she's having all this anxiety about like people saying they want to go away and leaving her behind and then like you know kyo arrives so (laughs) kind of a a nice little like opposite of that yeah he's there because he wants to find her which is nice Mm -hmm. then they go home and then at (laughs) home there's haru's conversation which is the end which i guess we haven't talked about yet but at the end of the chapter haru's conversation with shigure which is where the great like um sometimes i still think about that it's like shigure is like you have to keep struggle or like you know young people need to struggle (laughs) or whatever Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah i do like the whole like you struggle frantically to keep yourself from drowning when if you just relax you'd find out that you float Mm -hmm. since it's like the only way to get to that point is to struggle until you can't struggle anymore yeah it's a good um (laughs) i feel like another like accurate little (laughs) wisdom drop metaphor from takaya aphorism (laughs) aphorism yeah struggle till you can't anymore Yeah, <laughs> yeah, as the great Benjamin Franklin said. I mean, yes. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if he was little, struggling at all. It's a little Ben Franklin-y, but <laughs> I think he preferred. I think he preferred not to struggle. But I think yeah. he probably did a, did a lot leading up to that point. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I don't think he had to struggle that much, but <laughs> yes, <laughs> I think it's a good yeah a good aphorism. It's like you yeah. you have to struggle until you until you can't. But then once you once you can't anymore, you'll find out that you'll float. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And says, tells Haru to please keep struggling, which is cute and funny and yeah. Shigure-like thing to say. <laughs> yeah. That's like Haru is like, why do you always talk as if you're testing people? It makes people not like you. <laughs> you're just like, I know. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's good. <laughs> I feel like Haru commented on that before yeah. in a different way, but the same yeah. behavior. <laughs> So you always say he things that piss people about, off. Like, you, yeah. <laughs> I also love, I love Haru trying to get him to tell him what Rin said by saying, like, what if I called you honey? Honey. Yeah, so good. <laughs> it's pretty good. And you guys like, no, that would be terrible. <laughs> like the next level up from Sensei is honey. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> That's the, anyway, that then that gets to the end and there's a little cute scene of Yuki and Toru and Kyo together, which is nice. Yep. It's kind of funny because we don't see them together that much these days. I guess at the end of the last two chapters that we read, it was when they were all eating together. Mm-hmm. They were interesting chapters. There was a lot of things that happened. Lots of people cried. Mm-hmm. So much crying that I wasn't yeah. expecting. <laughs> <laughs> I guess um, this sort of like the I, overarching idea of all these chapters is this like recognizing that you need the support of other people and also trying to give that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mostly focused on like Yuki and, and Toru and Haru's kind of interaction. Yeah. And Rin. And and Rin and Kyo, actually, because mm-hmm. Kyo goes and then uh and then Kakura's just <laughs> Kakura's there for a little brief interaction, follow up, yeah. check in. <laughs> Getting her emotional shit together compared with everyone else. So basically. <laughs> I love how I like Kakura's little line that's like emotions it's like, well, it doesn't matter. Like it's just how I feel. Emotions aren't rational anyway. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. Especially, like, in this conversation that she has with Yuki, because Yuki is always trying so hard to fight again. It's, like, trying to be, you know, like, methodical. Like, it's funny. He's, like, I don't know what my top priority should be. I have all these problems. It's just, like, mm-hmm. 
just like pick one you know like yeah. or kind of like you yeah the, yeah. the laundry pile metaphor yes <laughs> where's shigure when when yeah. he needs him <laughs> notice shigure wasn't in his like little memories or thoughts of people who support him um, yeah <laughs> but yeah like you know, Kagura, Kagura is presented as kind of an enlightened person in these chapters, I guess. Yeah. And everybody else is sort of struggling with all these different emotions, like Toru's feelings of potential abandon, this anxiety around being abandoned, and then Yuki dealing with all of his various issues that he, he feels like he needs to deal with. And then yeah. Haru's kind of confusion about his his relationship with Rin and Rin's desire to do, I don't know, to protect him from something with her harsh harsh words so yeah yeah it's an interesting theme to explore in these two chapters i think mm-hmm. and well explored in a realistic way as takayas seems to be so capable of doing yeah any other uh non-spoiler thoughts are you ready to talk about spoilers i'm so ready for spoilers ready to spoil <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> okay good well okay thank you all for listening then <laughs> um you can always send us comments and stuff on tumblr always you can also rate this podcast and review it and that helps people kind of understand how great it is on podcasting apps of course yeah right (laughs) right yeah how will anyone make decisions without a star rating (laughs) not no stars why should i listen to this i can't know how i feel unless i see what (laughs) other people feel about it (laughs) anyway thank you all for listening (laughs) we'll see you next time bye bye Welcome back. We're going to talk about spoilers now. Here to spoil. Spoil and be spoiled. Sit in the back of your fridge and slowly get soft and gross. Gross and maybe a little moldy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not like that's ever happened to us, no. (laughs) Anyway, let's talk about spoilers. Here are the spoilers. Here's a spoiler that I have to say. Here they are. (laughs) Here they are. I I think it's interesting that Machi shows up. And kind of random. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But of course, she's the, the person who understands him that Yuki... I mean, yeah, that like, talks about. Conversation. About... Mm-hmm. Well, it's kind of later, though. She She's just there at school, and it's like, hey. And then it's not in the rest of the two chapters. So she just has, like, a brief yeah. little appearance. But Yeah. Well, I just mean, she shows up in that conversation he has with Haru. So yes. Obviously. Yes. I mean, not obviously, but <laughs> looking back, obviously. obviously the yeah. connection there. <laughs> Yeah, well, it is weird. Like, if I feel like maybe if I was paying attention to this, I would be like, that's weird that she's there, mm-hmm. you know, um, because there's no reason for her to be there other than they're at the same school. So, you know, <laughs> but yeah, obviously that, you know, she becomes a person who kind of understands what he's really about later and someone who he can yeah. help. Right. It's yeah. what I think in the wants. in the chapter, she serves the fir- serves the purpose mm-hmm of bringing up the student council which haru says more than once is a good thing for yuki so hey yuki you know the student council that you joined it's good for you you know the student yeah. council that's good for you right <laughs> yeah. i forgot to mention that but i do like the line where where he says like i don't know how it's going to turn out and haru says that's a good thing oh yeah that's true yeah but yeah, yeah. and then yuki gets pissed off later about it which is funny uh it's a little mm-hmm. strange to me and, and well not strange to me yeah. it's part of his his deal but he's having he's having a lot of emotions right now yeah <laughs> 
everybody is. I mean, Rin yelled at him. Yeah. Like, it's understandable. <laughs> I think Yuki's grumpier about it because he's aware that he's having a lot of emotions while everyone else is just kind of having them. Which is like, <laughs> God, I'm having a lot of emotions right now. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like, it's, it's um, <laughs> Yuki's always tries to be so rational about everything. And it's yeah. like, you just can't be. Like, you can't. Mm-hmm. You have to, sometimes you just have to feel your feelings. But also he said yeah. he wanted to become a person who could feel his feelings. So obviously he's still yeah. trying to, like... <laughs> Uh, like intellectualize them yeah exactly yeah. it's precious it makes you want to pinch his cheeks <laughs> it does i thought it was and it's it's kind of sweet and interesting that he you know that he cries in that scene too i wasn't expecting mm-hmm. it yeah i was like oh yuki oh <laughs> i don't have more to say about that i just i mean it's just um yeah. he's clearly trying so hard and is frustrated it just feels like he has so many things that he needs to yeah he's feeling with. overwhelmed mm-hmm well, that's that's the theme, I guess, of the yeah, chapter. You guys, you guys start <laughs> with the, lawn, them, at least. the laundry right in front of you. <laughs> yeah. Someone tell Yuki. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't he there, or was it just Toru and Kyo? I, I think it was just Toru and Kyo. Because they, they're having that discussion, and Toru cries, and then mm-hmm. uh, Kyo is like, oh, I wish you'd stop crying, and then Shigeru interrupts their moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then Toru goes and gets Yuki later to have noodles, so... Um, yeah. <laughs> that's my summary <laughs> it's a good one <laughs> so yeah he wasn't there he didn't hear the laundry metaphor <laughs> someone needs to tell him yeah Rin will tell him someday but in a much meaner way <laughs> yeah she's like fucking pick one <laughs> that's Rin's version of the laundry Basically. metaphor <laughs> you got problems deal with them <laughs> you just pick one and punch it in the face <laughs> like me <laughs> yes what I do with my problems. <laughs> I feel like Rin suppresses her problems until they yeah. become much bigger problems. So <laughs> she thinks she deals with her problems. Yeah, really. <laughs> She's like, I know how to deal with this. Uh, like, like offense is the best defense. Em- yeah. Emotional offense is the best emotional defense. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Rin, of course, I think most of the spoilery yeah. things in this were about Rin because, like, we saw her scar. We saw her in the hospital. We saw all these things from her past and Haru's past, which mm-hmm. are going to come up later in yeah. later chapters. I kind of forgot that they hadn't shown her scar yet. Yeah, and I uh, I didn't remember the uh, the flashback to her like passing out as a child from when she and Haru met. Mm-hmm. That was shown. I here. can't remember if that's how they met, but definitely that was a big part. Yeah, of that's how, how they, they like close. officially met. I think they might have like seen each other at New Year's, but like yes. when she was being like severely neglected by her parents and yeah passed out in the street and yes horror found her mm-hmm. went to get help yeah and i think she also on top of being severely neglected by her parents she also just had health problems but i guess maybe it was from yeah, that. i think i can't remember exactly but i think it's implied later on that she's got health problems because she was like malnourished and mm-hmm. abused and neglected as a young child so. mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah which is awful <laughs> yeah it's gonna be so good we get to talk about that so nice can't wait yeah <laughs> rin's particular abuse from her parents almost hits harder just because it's so normal yeah like that's the kind of thing that happens all the time in real life without you know zodiac curses and stuff yeah (laughs) it also and it hits hard because she felt like her perception of it like you you watch her perception of her relationship with her parents just kind of like unravel she thinks everything is fine and then suddenly Mm -hmm. they're just like it's not fine and it has never been fine we've just been like kind of covering mm-hmm. it up yeah and the fact that it goes like so yeah. unnoticed for so long like she's 
in that the awful situation sick. with nobody noticing until she's so sick she winds up in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Which, again, happens all the time. Yeah. Well, the Soma family is good at covering up abuse. We've seen that. Yeah. So even if someone noticed, nothing would have been done about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, something to look forward to, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I do love Rin though. I the Yeah. Their I feel like um Rin and Haru's relationship is really touching. It's interesting how mm-hmm. how uh, like how she tries to avoid him so much and then as soon mm-hmm. as he kind of he finds a way to kind of like um get her to reveal what her real feelings are and mm-hmm. then they have that really romantic moment which is nice and then uh, I think that'll yeah. kind of happen again like they Obviously, they're going to get mm-hmm. back together and stuff, but there's other yeah, other really nice scenes between them. They have a good relationship, yeah, despite all their issues. Yeah, it's interesting. Rin's yeah, the whole the introduction of Rin and the relationship she has with Haru, like the way it's introduced, it's so like off putting at first, mm-hmm. but becomes like you know once you fi- learn the whole story and learn you know kind of person Rin really is becomes really touching. Yeah, I guess like I. The perspective that I have is having read all the way through it before. So then in these times where yeah. it's like she's being all mean, it's like I never really see it as mean because it's, yeah. it's either just like the truth, like we talked about before, <laughs> whatever she yeah. says is kind of like that's objectively yeah. what you did, person, whoever she's yeah. talking to. Because it's yeah, because this is this starts to be like the turning point where you realize like there's more behind it than mm-hmm. just her being mean because she's mean. But like the first couple times you see her, she's just like. So mean to yeah, everybody. So mean. <laughs> so mean and so mysterious, especially like to Yuki. Yeah. Like it's always it's so cuts so yeah, deep for, when like, it's no Yuki. Apparent reason. <laughs> like there's no yes. real, like there's no real like trigger for her like snapping at the like, people. Yuki, but... Yuki is like <laughs> I had Yuki. this. I know. Yuki's like I had this memory of you where you did this really nice thing. You were just trying to protect her, and she's like, I knew you'd want to talk about something dumb. Like so yeah. <laughs> so rude. Yeah. <laughs> But she kind of, she has this opinion of Yuki that, well, she doesn't want him to get involved with whatever. And I think probably mm-hmm. because, yeah. because, because his, his relationship. Close and with Haru, yeah. That too, so. yeah. And also his relationship with Akito, maybe. Like, mm-hmm. if he starts to get involved with this. I mean, Rin, I think Rin just is going out on her own because she doesn't want anybody else to get involved. Yeah, so, she doesn't want anybody to get involved because she thinks they'll get hurt. But. Yeah, which is accurate. And it's yeah. <laughs> definitely based on her experience, so. yeah. I mean, she has no reason to think otherwise. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so she's purposely the way that she tries to deal with this instead is to just be super mean. So yeah. Anyway, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's obvious. It's obvious to everyone who's listening to this because they would have read it before. But <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I think like on first read, this is the first time it's really starting to become apparent that mm-hmm. like this is why she's the way she is. Yes. Even if you don't know all of it yet. Yes. Yeah, because Yuki even, like, says it. It's like, uh, whatever you're doing now, you're trying to protect Haru from something. It's yes. like, I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know why, but... <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't know when, I don't know how, but I know yeah. something's starting right now. <laughs> <laughs> you like my Little Mermaid reference of the day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Been watching a lot of Disney Plus recently, listen. <laughs> but yeah, it, you're right. It is sort of, like, off-putting. It's very... Uh, and, like, the way that she sneaks around, it's like, why is she going to Shigure? Haru asked Shigure why she was there, and he's like, why don't you just ask mm-hmm. her? And um, it's all yeah. cagey about it as well. And we know that she was there mm-hmm. before, so it is all presented in this sort of, like, nefarious, mean, like, Rain is really mean kind of way. Yeah. But, but then it's revealed, like, yeah. you know, later on, it's like they have one of the most, or 
had and will have again one of the most not currently um like genuinely like loving and affectionate like relationships between the you know couples we see yes there's so i mean like there's so there's so few relationships in this you know that we've seen so far like they're like and they haven't gone well right like there was kisha hero hitori and kana right Mm-hmm. Um, seems like Shigeru and Maiko's relationship didn't go go far enough for it to be yeah. uh, to end badly like all the others. Yeah. <laughs> um, and obviously there are some good relationships. It's like it didn't go well because it didn't go. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Shigeru didn't want to. Didn't really want a girlfriend. Um, yeah. At least not Maiko. <laughs> <laughs> Although I wouldn't describe his relationship with Kido as girlfriend and boyfriend i don't know no. what, what it is but i can't find i can't find it in my heart to just use that word to describe yeah. it <laughs> yes anyway but well we'll get to see that too that's so exciting <laughs> yeah i don't know i just really like rin i think she's a good mm-hmm. the thing about rin is like she's a character she's like um i don't know if she's really like sundere but she definitely has this like really hard exterior yeah. that it's beyond i mean it's really beyond <laughs> so mean (laughs) Um, yeah (laughs) but then she has this like kind of uh the motivations that she has are all to help other people right yeah she's actually really i don't want to use the word soft because that's overused on the internet right now but (laughs) she's like actually really like you know i don't know like tender caring caring person on the inside yeah it's like we even have like yeah speaking of other spoilers um yes yeah because like we learned like even later on when she has the friendship with Toru that like yeah. from the first instant like she met Toru she was like oh no <laughs> <laughs> she's like I'm so fragile and breakable <laughs> but yeah. if I get too close to her I'll just burst into tears yeah <laughs> yeah like, like I said Rin's gift is perception she just like you said she uses mm-hmm. it for, for, for evil and not good <laughs> but that also I mean so yes yeah, so she she knew that her relationship with Toru would be she would be really emotional so she yeah. avoided her. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Rin is very kind-hearted and mm-hmm. and has these tender relationships with people, like you said. Yeah, which we don't get to see till later, but we will. Mm-hmm. Fear not. <laughs> yeah. It's like in the meantime, she's just hilariously mean to people. So mean. <laughs> I mean, I love drama, so it's fine. Yeah. I love how she like. I mean, it's mean. But I love how she yells at Yuki, and she's like, "I love the line where she's like, go back to school or whatever idiots do." I was just like, "I'm yeah. so mean. It's so good." Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's like she takes like whatever mean comment she was gonna make, and then just like turns it up to eleven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. It's like it would have been mean anyway, but she just made it way meaner than it had to be. <laughs> yes. I'm trying to remember if there's other spoilers. I mean, like, well, I mean, it's all Rin sneaking around trying to break the curse, but. Yeah, not really more Rin spoilers, but we got the uh, the Kyoko Katsuya oh, yes. stuff. Right. With, uh, Toru's flashback there. <laughs> yeah, and the and yes, of course, the flashback where her mother leaves her when she was young. Yeah. Which is like, you know, the root of Toru's kind of abandonment issues. Yeah, there's like a lot that's uh, established or referenced in that scene, though. I guess it's like it's established, but we only we know about it because we've seen the rest, but. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, a lot of. I don't mean like this scene here. I mean, there's a lot oh. of Toru's personality and issues that's established in that scene in her yes. past. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Her whole like way of speaking and stuff was all established by that. All of her, her personality yeah, is her... focused around keeping people close to her mm-hmm. that matter to her. So. Yeah. Her like guilt over like blaming her 
dad for that, mm-hmm. even though he's dead, and yeah, exactly. Anxieties about yeah people leaving her and all of that yes. stuff. So we'll get to see that later too. So great, mm-hmm. another downer chapter. Yeah, I was like, where's the romance comedy that I was promised? <laughs> and I was yeah reading this week. It still says it it's, back here. It does. Well, there was comedy and there is romance, so I guess yeah. it's still kind of true, but mostly a drama, mm-hmm. I think, at this point. <laughs> yeah. And it'll continue to be. I mean, and then, I don't know. It's just like we see Kyo and Toru's relationship developing. Yeah. I mean, I think it's pretty established at this point, so. I think we might see some hints of, uh, like, Kyo's reluctance that's gonna... Oh, yeah, that's true. ...come up toward the end there. <laughs> yeah, and then Yuki and... I mean, leading up to Yuki and Kyo's, like, big fight. It's... it's Yeah, yeah. it is interesting that Yuki's, in his, like, list of... to-do list of problems that he remembers, yeah. that he thinks about, is that Kyo's one of them, like we talked about. It is kind of weird. Yeah. It feels sort of out of place, and I guess you could interpret it as... potentially as, like, they're, like, negative feelings toward each other but really it's about his like positive mm-hmm. feelings toward Kyo the ones where he's like yeah. I thought you were nice and I wanted to like be friends with you mm-hmm. and, and stuff that doesn't get yeah. uh, addressed until the end. Yeah. Like he's just starting to acknowledge that again to be like that's something that I need to deal with in my soup of emotions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I guess I think that's kind of it for spoilers then. Mm-hmm. I'm just excited to see more. These were nice chapters. Very good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very <Yep>. very dramatic. <laughs> and I enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, good. I think that's enough. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. It was good. It was good episodes. Yeah. It was good discussion. <laughs> next time we'll talk mm-hmm. about uh, chapters 71 and 72. As always, thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.